Welcome, everyone. I am Bob Wurzelbacher, the director of the Respect Life Office for the Archdiocese of Cincinnati, and this is our video podcast series that we call Being Pro-Life. Each month, we discuss a different topic in the Respect Life arena, only a personal story from someone deeply affected by that issue, and finally, we'll share ways that you can get involved. This month, we're going to talk about how to get involved on the local, the state, the federal, and even international levels and efforts in the Respect Life movement especially as it relates to abortion, but we'll talk about other topics as well. And this week, we're talking with our local Right to Life leaders in the Archdiocese of Cincinnati, from Cincinnati and from Dayton. So can you please introduce yourselves? It's great to be with you. I'm Margie Christie with Dayton Right to Life, the Executive Director. My name is Meg DeBlaze, and I'm the Executive Director of Cincinnati Right to Life. So Margie, let's start with you. Tell us a little bit about what Dayton Right to Life does in our community. So Dayton Ride to Life obviously serves the Dayton-Miami Valley area. We have the two arms of our organization. We have the Dayton Ride to Life Society that does our legislative work and our political side. And then we have the Dayton Ride to Life Foundation. And that operates our Storks Nest Baby Pantry that provides material assistance for moms and families that are raising young children. We have our YAC Scholarship Program for our parents that want to continue their education while they're parenting. We have end-of-life presentations and educational events that we do. We have mobile pantry options. We do community baby showers. Any way that we can bring the life message to the community in an educational form or a community event, we're going to be there. So that's basically our our, uh, little niche up here in Dayton. Thanks, Margie. So Meg, tell us about Cincinnati Right to Life. So Cincinnati Right to Life does work that's certainly very similar to Dayton Right to Life. We don't have any specific direct client services, so we partner with pregnancy centers and assist them in their direct client services. But the work that Cincinnati Right to Life does really falls into three categories. The first is education and communication, and this is all about sharing truthful information about life issues, everything from abortion to euthanasia to things like assisted suicide. This includes things like our quarterly newsletter, which we mail to uh, thousands of people across the area and we distribute to many, many churches as well. It also includes all the emails that we send out with all relevant information and also things like our pro-life poster contest or uh, when I go to schools and churches to talk about the life issue. The second category is the area of grassroots activism. So this aligns with our objective to close the Cincinnati Planned Parenthood. That is our objective. So this includes things like 40 Days for Life and other events, grassroots events that we might hold outside of Planned Parenthood, things like our Mini March for Life and other vigils. The third category is political support. So this includes things like pro-life legislation and endorsements in support of pro-life candidates. Well, thank you both. Now, I know our listeners probably know that there are two surgical abortion centers in the Archdiocese of Cincinnati geographically. One is in Dayton, in Kettering, and one is in Cincinnati on Auburn Avenue. And both of you are very aware of those facilities. I guess it used to be fairly significant that those were the only two surgical centers, but now that chemical abortions are so much on the rise and so much more readily available, there are other centers as well that at least provide that medication and still do abortions, you know, in that way. But the two surgical centers, those are big focuses that both of you pay attention to. So why don't we just go go back to Margie, tell us a little bit about that surgical center that's in Dayton and what it is that you're doing, try to close or at least slow the business of what's happening there in Kettering. 
The surgical facility in Dayton has been open since the late 1980s. We originally had three abortion facilities here in Dayton. We're down to our last one here. It's referred to as Women's Med Center, Women's Med Dayton. It is located in Kettering. And the medical director there is Dr. Martin Haskell. Listeners remember the Sharonville location. He used to operate that one as well. He now has just the one in Dayton. He's not the day-to-day abortionist anymore. However, he still is the medical director and is involved with the facility. According to the 2019 Ohio Abortion Report, which they have to tabulate, I mean, it's on them to report their abortions. And the latest numbers that we received, he aborts approximately 50 babies a week is extremely high. Montgomery County itself contributes to 14% of the state's abortions. So it's a pretty disturbing number for a small area as we are. He pulls in from Dayton, Cincinnati, Columbus, Indiana, Kentucky. I mean, any given day in the parking lot, you can see um, license plates from anywhere. So he operates because the right state physicians group offers uh, four physicians that will back him up. So that's how he's able to retain his license currently. So our battle is with Wright State Physicians Group, with Dr. Martin Haskell, and then just the evil of abortion. So that's our facility here. We do have a Planned Parenthood that does the chemical medical abortions, as you mentioned, Bob. But most, if it's anything you know, above 12 weeks or something like that, they'll refer to the Kettering facility. Okay. Meg, tell us a little bit about that facility we have in Cincinnati as well. So Planned Parenthood of Southwest Ohio is headquartered in Cincinnati, and they have satellite locations, including one in Dayton, which Margie talked about. So they do have these satellite locations around Southwest Ohio, but their surgical center is in Cincinnati on Auburn Avenue, right around the corner from the University of Cincinnati. Margie mentioned Wright State Physicians supporting the Dayton facility and allowing it to stay open. In our situation, Planned Parenthood has backup doctors as well with admitting privileges at Christ Hospital. It's very disappointing. And unfortunately, that's what you see all over is is that the medical community is making it possible for these abortion facilities to stay open. But Planned Parenthood of Southwest Ohio, they do over 3,000 abortions every year. And I also want to let your listeners know, because I think it's important as we're looking at back on the year 2020 and the pandemic, we had a great fear that abortion numbers were going to increase in 2020. And as a matter of fact, Planned Parenthood just came out with their 2020 report, and they did a couple hundred more abortions in 2020 than they did in 2019. And for some perspective, in the state of Ohio, there are over 20,000 abortions a year. 20,000 abortions. Margie in Dayton has about 14% of those. In Cincinnati, the Planned Parenthood of Southwest Ohio has over 16% of those. So if you look at Southwest Ohio together, you're talking about 30%. So 30% of the abortions that happen in Ohio happen in those two? No, or just in Southwest Ohio or in those two locations in Southwest Ohio. That's right. So the Planned Parenthood and the satellite locations and then the Dayton abortion facility. Correct. So I know that when, when we had 40 Days for Life as a topic in February of 2020, spoke with Sean Carney and we spoke with our local leaders and we spoke with Abby Johnson. And Abby Johnson, I particularly remember her quoting in, in her time, as most of our listeners probably know, working as a director of a Planned Parenthood facility. Planned Parenthood would give her these statistics that when there are people praying outside of a facility, as high as 75% of people with appointments for abortion don't show up. That tells you something about the effectiveness of praying outside of abortion facilities. Can you tell, can either one of you tell us, how do we get involved in doing that? Whether it's 40 days for life, which is twice a year, 
or about how to sign up anything, because there's always somebody praying outside those facilities, not just during those campaigns. Date Right to Life supports our 40 Days for Life group twice a year. If we can have a presence out there that hopefully makes women and their families rethink their decision, we've seen it. We know it happens. So we try to have a presence out there all the time. Though Date Right to Life doesn't maintain volunteers on a daily basis, we do encourage the churches in 40 Days and support their efforts in keeping a prayerful present on the days that the facility is open. Because like you said, we do know it makes a difference. We've seen moms that turn around, go the other way. They just feel if it gives them that extra time to think and see a sign or see someone that cares, it does. It makes a difference. So we're all about, you know, supporting that effort for sure with the prayerful presence. We also in Cincinnati have 40 Days for Life, of course. So we do the two annual campaigns. Our local leader for 40 Days for Life is on the board of Cincinnati Right to Life. So we work closely with her and support her in those efforts. In the last campaign, we actually had two confirmed baby saves in Cincinnati. And of course, those are the ones we know. We know there are many things that uh, we're not aware of. Like you said, women who turn around, who don't even show up for their appointments, right? In addition to that, outside of the 40 Days for Life vigils, We host other events there. So for instance, we have a mini March for Life that we do and essentially at the same time as the National March for Life in DC. That's something where that we hold so that people cannot attend the March in DC can do something locally. And we do that in front of Planned Parenthood of Southwest Ohio, right there on the sidewalk. We also will hold other vigils throughout the year. So For instance, we'll be doing a Mother's Day candlelight vigil this year on the Friday of Mother's Day weekend. And that's to honor honor all mothers, but also to pray for mothers who have chosen to have abortions because we know that they need help. They need healing. They need compassion and, and they need care. So we'll be out there doing that. Similar to what Margie said, you know, there are so many different groups of people that that are out there on the sidewalk of Planned Parenthood, right? I mean, it truly is, truly is a grassroots effort. So we have churches that are down there. We have a group called Helpers of God's Precious Infants, and they are down there every Saturday morning. So they actually start at Holy Name Church with Mass, and then they process down to Planned Parenthood every Saturday morning. And then if I can add something to this, we have Folks down there all the time. We have one of our, our pro-life warriors, Ray Lubker, who is down there four days a week, every week, rain, sleet, or snow. At Cincinnati Right to Life this past year, we've been given a lot of thought to how we can truly meet women on the sidewalk and talk to them and give our prayer advocates a way a way to try to talk to a woman who's going into Planned Parenthood. So we created what we call blessing bags and they look like a gift. They look like a gift bag, right? They've got like pink tissue paper in them. And they do have a few gifts for women in them, just a few, a few little trinkets. But we also of course have included information about abortion, about Planned Parenthood, how to reverse the abortion pill. Certainly if they've taken that a pair of baby socks or baby hat, something to really bring to life that their child, right? To think something tangible that makes them think about their baby. So we've also been doing this, this blessing bag initiative, and it's been very successful because it's, it encourages women to roll down their window and talk to you. So it's hard to catch women as they're driving into the Cincinnati Planned Parenthood. But if you stand there with something that looks like a gift bag, and it's a good conversation starter with someone, and it's a way for people who aren't necessarily super comfortable talking to women. It's just a way for them to say, hey, can I give you, can I give you a gift and at least get something in their hands if they don't necessarily know what to say to a woman. And that ties right in. Thanks for talking about that, Meg. Mm-hmm. All three of us know that people who are pro-life are 
always accused of only caring about saving a baby. They don't care about the mom. They don't care about the child after the child is born. But what it is that we all do and work with. Marge, you want to tell us a little bit about your baby pantry as well that you do in Dayton? Our baby pantry is fairly unique for our area. We're not a pregnancy center. We typically help the moms after they have the baby. We actually help grandmas, dads, who's ever raising babies who choose life for these kids. So we can help them from newborn to size 5T toddler with material assistance, clothes, diapers, formula, whatever it is they might need, we're going to help them with. That's a good niche for us because then we can get that mom who maybe is pregnant with the second baby because we know from our Ohio abortion statistics that 60% of moms who have abortions, 60% have other children. So that's our target. When we want that mom that maybe is considering aborting baby two, three, four, five, that's coming into our pantry that needs assistance, but you know, is maybe feeling like they can't handle this next baby. That's that's our niche with our pantries. So we try to bring them in and get them some prenatal information or whatever it is they might need. We have the mobile baby pantries that we can try to get them in their own neighborhoods, their own zip codes. We strategically several years ago found out the top four zip codes, three or four zip codes where abortions are high in Montgomery County. So we know those areas need specific attention. So that's where we focus. We have community baby showers. We have community life events, anything that we can encourage these moms and families to consider life, you know, because we know it's a battle of hearts and minds. We want to get to them before they're pulling into the parking lot at the abortion facility. So if we can get to them during a baby shower with a friend or with another life-affirming event, a Mother's Day event, a Halloween party, whatever it is we can get in the community in those zip codes where we know we have a high number of abortion-minded women, we can start sharing that pro-life message even earlier. So it's been fairly effective. I know our baby showers are very popular. and Our moms love coming to the baby showers. Like I said, any time that we can affirm life is a win for us. And so that's, that's, how, that's our strategy here in Dayton. And that's for anyone who has, it, it's not just someone who walked into an abortion facility and changed their mind or something. It's for anyone, mo- mother, father, who's struggling with trying to raise young children yeah. for whatever reason, right? We all know, Bob, we got a lot of grandmas raising babies, you know, with right. the opioid situation. And it's very disturbing here in Dayton. We've really struggled with the opioid here in Montgomery County. We're just seeing a lot of grandmas and aunts and uncles raising these kids to keep them out of the children's services, you know, cycle. So yeah, we'll help anybody that's, you know, choosing life for these kids. All right. So Meg, why don't you tell us a little bit about your education arm? What what kind of work do you do and how do you educate the public on and on what topics? Within our education arm, obviously our goal is to tell people the truth, but to change hearts and minds, because we know that this is as much a cultural battle as a legal battle, right? So one initiative that's actually certainly relevant to the archdiocese is that we are fortunate enough to receive through your Respect Life program, a grant to put up pro-life billboards across Cincinnati. So that's been a great initiative for us. We look at zip codes as well. So we take that abortion report. We look at those zip codes. We see where there's the highest number of abortions per resident. We will put billboards where there are high numbers of abortions and also put billboards just close to Planned Parenthood because we know that women will be driving around there. So those are intended to be life-affirming educational messages to get out to women. We also do an annual pro-life poster contest. So we get hundreds of posters from students in kindergarten through eighth grade, and we establish a theme every year. And the point is to give teachers 
a way to talk about the life issue to kids, an avenue, an avenue to talk about it, and then avenue for those children to express that through a, a poster, through some kind of artistic poster. And the posters, some of the posters we get are just incredible. And you can see how much children understand, actually understand this issue uh, much better than adults. Yeah. Right. right. <laughs> We have our website. Our website is full of information. So we're constantly updating that. So we have a section that addresses a lot of life issues. If you go, you can look up abortion. You can look up euthanasia. You can look up assisted suicide. And we have addressed all of those issues on our website. So it's a resource for people to go to say, I want to learn about what's going on. We've pulled together a lot of different organizational information on our pages to help people to educate themselves on the issues, because that's another important part. We also host events, right? Last year, we did a a drive-in rally for life where we had Abby Johnson come. And that's supposed to be a family-friendly, fun event, but also educational for everyone, where Abby was able to talk to us about the issue. This year, we'll be doing a pro-life movie night as well. We want to equip pro-lifers with the knowledge, with the information that they need to go out and be pro-life, to go out and spread that pro-life message. So that's what a lot of our a lot of our education is around. And then, of course, we educate as well with things like billboards and other information to help women who are in crisis. So, Marge, you're speaking about education. You also go and you speak to parishes, right? End of life issues is one of those issues that you like to talk about. So tell us a little bit about that initiative and how people can have you come to your parish. It is uh, one of our newer initiatives, probably in the last four or five years. We refocused and we all know that if life isn't respected at the beginning of life, it's very difficult at the end of life to you know, have that same respect. So we started seeing some uh, legislation moving in Ohio, moving locally, and that concerned us. So we thought we need to educate people on how to be pro-life at the end of life. And what's nice, it's it's very flexible program. So it's a panel discussion. So it's myself, it's an attorney, and it's a nurse. So we first of all discuss, you know, just the pro-life message in the Catholic Church, if it's a Catholic audience or if it's a neutral audience, we just kind of you know address the pro-life message at the end of life. And then we have the attorney who talks about, you know, what kind of forms do I need? How should I prepare? And that can be at any point in life. I mean, we talk uh, very heavily on the healthcare power of attorney. You know, anyone over 18 needs a healthcare power of attorney, honestly. And then our nurse, you know, addresses the topic of how do I talk to my family about my end of life issues? Where do I get my end of life perceptions and, you know, things that I hear? And, and what does the church say sometimes about end of life or that type of thing? And so it's a nice panel discussion. Again, uh, it's not necessarily for those facing an end of life or older folks. It's anyone. How do I prepare myself? How do I prepare my family? And how do I prepare for end of life decisions that may come up sooner than later? I can tell you that doing that work in advance, having the conversation with your loved ones, putting the healthcare power of attorney into place, those sorts of things are so helpful because if you wait until you need it, if you wait until your loved one is in the dying process or is in a serious medical you know, situation, it's much harder to make decisions or maybe you won't even be able to communicate with the loved one at that point. Correct. Talk right. to your parish about or people who are interested and how it is that you can do those things in advance right. and make that time of dying a time for appreciating the person and not for making decisions in, in fear That's right. Right. You know, and, and right. confusion and times like that. So Meg, on that topic, I know that you've also worked uh, in ways with Bobby Schindler 
on different things. You can even tell us real quick who Bobby Schindler is, if people aren't aware, although he was he was on our podcast in the summer of 2020 as well. But anyway, tell us a little bit about that and what kind of work you do with him. So Bobby Schindler, yes, he is actually on the board of Cincinnati Right to Life. And for those who may not know, Bobby Schindler is the brother of Terry Schiavo. Terry Schiavo was, I think at this point, I think it's been 16 years, 16 or 17 years since Terry Schiavo died, but she was essentially starved to death. There was a situation, there was a bad accident and she was on, on a feeding tube and she had an estranged husband who could make healthcare decisions for her, which leads right back to this, this very issue. And unfortunately the law got involved and they withheld food and water. They withheld nutrition and hydration from Terry Schiavo. And she did, as a result, die. And we know that this is a, this is a major issue. So Bobby Schindler, who is her brother, he founded the Terry Schiavo Life and Hope Network. So the point of this network is to help people facing these types of issues in end-of-life situations or in situations where it's not an end of life, right? And they're trying to pull something like just basic food and water from an individual who otherwise is living all right, perhaps disabled, right? But we unfortunately are seeing a trend nationwide. And and this comes, this is related to the whole issue of the culture of death, right? That we don't have any respect for the dignity of every human being. But we see, unfortunately, in our culture, the disabled and the elderly as just a burden and something that we we need to be rid of. And so we do not treat them with the respect that they deserve. And so you see situations where they're withholding even basic basic things like food and water. And so Bobby gets very involved in those situations, as do I. So I've, I've helped him in a number of situations locally where we've been able to help families that are dealing with these types of situations. Again, the law is not always always with us, and the movement of the culture is not always with us. But the, for anybody who doesn't know, if you had to say briefly, the church is very clear on its teaching that if you are not dying, <laughs> if you need a feeding tube to survive, but you're not in the dying process, you must be provided that. <laughs> you can't just decide, I'm going to move remove this feeding tube because I think this person doesn't want to live that way, or I think that this person has is a burden. That life has just as much dignity as anyone else, right, who can walk around and feed themselves. Well, you kind of mentioned it. Should we show both of your websites for a minute? You can tell people a little bit about how to get involved. Here, let me share the Cincinnati website real quick. Of course, you might be listening on the podcast. You can find it at CincinnatiRightToLife.org. CincinnatiRightToLife.org. If you're watching the video, you can see it here. But if you're not, we'll describe what we're looking at. What do you want to tell us about the website? That's right. Well, actually, the first slider that you were looking at was about becoming a member. We have membership at Cincinnati Right to Life. And if you become a member, you can uh, have access to our quarterly Zoom calls where we bring on an expert to talk about a topic every quarter. So we talked about the COVID vaccine last quarter. In June, we will be talking about the issue of fetal anomaly. So we'll have a, a mom on who will be talking about her child who has Down syndrome, and we'll be addressing the issue of abortion as it relates to Down syndrome and other fetal anomalies. So becoming a member is, is a way to access not only all of our general communications, but some very specific members only exclusive events. And of course, Bob, if you go back up a little bit and you go to the menu, 
people can see that there are a lot of different categories here. Certainly, if any woman needs help, so we have listed all of our local pregnancy centers, pro-life adoption options, even pro-life healthcare, so help after abortion. And so that is for certainly any women who are in need of help. And then under the learn more section, uh, you know, I talked a little bit about this, how we have a lot of information specific about the issues and people can go there to learn more. And then if you want to take action, we have a list of events. We have our strategy for closing Planned Parenthood. And if you click on the contact your lawmaker section, that is where you would find active bills, things that we're working on. Right. And you see a couple things up there right now dealing with the Equality Act and trying to save the Hyde Amendment. Right. I think this is true of both of you. But uh, in terms of the donate piece, you have different arms that you mentioned. Right. Uh, clarify what you're donating for real quick. So you'll notice there are three different buckets. The right to life of greater Cincinnati is considered a 501c4, which means as a donor, your donation is not tax deductible. This is where we do lobbying efforts. We do some legislative efforts. And so it is not an official 501c3 as a C3 cannot do those activities. Our educational foundation is a 501c3. Your donations to that are tax deductible. And uh, this supports a lot of our educational efforts that I talked about before. You know, all of our communications, going out and giving presentations, billboards, emails, poster contests, my own time just on speaking to different schools and that kind of thing. So all of that falls under the educational program side. And then, of course, our political action committee also, which is an official PAC, and this is where we do our political endorsements. And then in terms of the legislation piece on right to life of greater Cincinnati, these are pieces of legislation. I know it's not true 100% of the time, but I believe the vast, vast majority of the time, whatever you you are supporting on legislatively that we're trying to pass is something that the bishops are, are fully supportive of as well. That's a fair statement, is it not, Meg? Yes, I believe so. So those are the three different areas. So let's talk a little bit about the website then for Dayton. You can find that at DaytonLife.org. So it's a little shorter dateandlife.org. If you're on the podcast, you're just hearing that, but you can see it on the screen if you're watching the video. Take us through that a little, Margie. So this is our main page. And so it's kind of a revolving thing of what's happening now, our latest and greatest events or things that are you know, we want you to be aware about. So we have a, all our different events. We have our golf outing coming up in June. So if you would click on any of those things as they come through, it would take you right to the page about them. So that shows you all our events that are coming up if you wanted to register, that kind of thing. It's also a nice way to get information. So we sponsored the Roe v. Wade movie, but if you keep going down, there's our abortion report. If you want information on what's happening, the right state abortion, this is another issue that's pertinent to Dayton. There's actually a website that'll take you the right state relationship with the abortion facility is fairly complicated to, to explain in probably a minute or two, but this website does it expertly. It has all the documents listed there, who the backup physicians are, why they do it. So this is a great piece if people want to just get more information on the history behind this whole situation there. So again, we have the same elements that Meg has. We have a way to donate. We have a way to stay connected and get involved. So if you want to go under the advocacy piece, click there, that, that advocacy and action would be where, you, like you said, you could find the information happening, local outreach. So there's the same bills. And like we said, we partner with Cincinnati and a coalition 
of Right to Life surround the state, approximately 29 organizations. We all in the coalition um, supporting the same calls to action and ways to get people involved. So that's a great option for people under the pregnant question mark tab. That would show all our services that we offer there. So again, an option line right away, our Storks Nest Baby Pantry, our scholarship program, all the things that we can offer families right now. Again, how to help all our different ways, volunteering, you know, we are baby pantry. Anyone has a few extra hours and want to help our moms in the baby pantry, any other type of Amazons or any ways they want to donate. Sometimes, you know, I think people feel bad because, you know, we're all very, very busy. And sometimes I'll just get the phone call that says, hey, Margie, if I just give you 50 bucks, will you just, you know, take care of a family or do something? And we're okay with that. I mean, sometimes we can only donate and that's fine. But if you do have the extra time, like I said, we're always looking for pantry volunteers, help with the baby showers, the end of life. If you are a nurse that maybe has some experience or an attorney with end of life, welcome to join our panel. There's so many ways to locally get involved, like we said, from prayer to money to time. Any of your gifts, I'm sure Meg and I will take any given day. So we're always appreciative of anything that that anyone can share with us. Okay. Is there anything else I should have asked you that you want to bring up? In the pro-life movement, we dabble in a lot of different areas. Margie and I, of course, you know, we do everything from legislation to the to the boots on the ground work and efforts, right? But the pro-life movement is by its very nature grassroots and requires individuals to take some initiative or decide to do something about it, right? And we do have a lot of people who approach us about volunteering, about getting engaged, about what they can do with Cincinnati Right to Life. And the, the reality is there are, of course, so many things. We've talked about prayer. We've talked about that witness in front of the abortion facility. But in addition to that, you know, there are actions that we can take from, that we can, you can lean on Dayton Right to Life and Cincinnati Right to Life to do. So I know you'll be getting into more of the state level issues and the legislation, the importance of pro-life legislation, but we are well connected to the pro-life legislation and, and know what's what's going on. And on our websites, in fact, um, Margie's and my website, people can actually take an action on current legislation. So if there's something that we need an action done, make a phone call, send an email, right? We need a committee to vote this bill out and onto the floor, right? Or we need the the chairman of the committee to support the bill. We can send an email. Or we might be going the other way around, you know, asking people not to support something, right, that we're concerned about. So there are there are great ways to get involved in that way. And certainly if there are experts in particular areas. So I'm talking about doctors, lawyers, nurses, even just community members who, who feel that they can, can really make some good points. Anybody can testify in front of a committee. I think it's an important thing to know. Anybody can go up to the Ohio State House and testify for or against a particular bill. And I know all of us here have done that before. Uh, we're familiar with it. Some others might be more uncomfortable with it. But the fact is, we need experts. We need expert voices up there talking about this issue. And so Margie and I can coach anybody on how to do that. You can truly be raising your voice for the unborn, for the disabled, for the elderly. What I would like to add, and I tell people this all the time, if you can't do anything else, share what you know. Maybe your coworker doesn't know that 50 babies a week are aborted in Dayton. A lot of people don't. Share that information. 
if you see a young mom in a grocery store, say, hey, you know, hey, you're doing a good job. Hang in there. If you ever need help here, you know, did you know there was a baby pantry? Or just that life-affirming encouragement that we can give anybody that we just meet along the street or one of your friend's parents is dying. Say, hey, can I pray for you? I know this is a tough time. I've been through it myself. And just any time that we can just get that pro-life message out to anyone that we meet, that's something too. Don't you know we don't want to pass up that opportunity as well. It doesn't always have to be time or money that we give to the movement. Sometimes it's just words and education and encouragement. All right. So I think, well, I think this applies to both of you, but sometimes another thing, a little thing, easy thing people can do is put a, put a sign out in their yard, right? You both offer things like that. And how can people get those or other things that are like that, that people can also get involved? Cincinnati Right to Life is a resource for anything anything that you need as a pro-lifer in the community. So we have several different pro-life signs. You could just get one that says choose life, or we have a few other options as well. We actually have a whole room that has all kinds of material, pro-life books, bumper stickers, uh, like I said, yard signs, t-shirts, and the blessing bags that I mentioned before as well. So anybody can come and stop by our office. And we're here Monday through Friday, nine to five. Come and stop by. You can take a look at what we have in our resource room. You're welcome to use it. We want to get the message out there as much as possible. So please come by and pick up some pro-life materials. I have a choose life sign in my yard. I don't have any idea how many people notice it or read it, but it's it's there. I have to weed around it and mm-hmm. mow around it every week. <laughs> Rain, snow, and shine. Um, Margie, you have similar things as well, right? Oh, absolutely. We have we have the signs, we have the t-shirts, educational pieces. We actually sell uh, brochures to pregnancy centers across the country. Any type of topic you have, we probably, between Meg and I, probably have it covered in, in a book or a sticker or a shirt or a sign. So thank you for talking with us today about Cincinnati and Dayton Right to Life and the great work you both are doing in this community for women in crisis pregnancies, for the elderly in other areas. Thanks for spending time with us today. Thank you, Bob, for this opportunity. Glad we could uh, be a part of it and sharing the pro-life message. I appreciate the chance to share a little bit about what Cincinnati Right to Life does, and I thank you for your time. And I want to thank all our viewers and listeners for tuning in on this episode of our Being Pro-Life series. Head to the website to view more resources talked about in this episode at www.catholicaoc.org slash pro-life. Thank you again for joining us today. I look forward to being with you next time.